Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Hey everyone, this is George Soto with Soto Ventures. Hope all is well. Today I'm with my good friend and mentor and just fantastic human, Goko Rajaram. Goko, how are you? Excellent, George. Great to, great to reconnect. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. I think the last time I saw you, we were at Facebook HQ, and I think one of the first big campuses, I think it was, and, and I was doing AngelPad. I was doing that feed gen product, and I remember you were so encouraging, and you know, unfortunately, that didn't really you know, move forward and become a success, but I learned so much, so I always appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, yeah, that's right. It was a Facebook California, California Street uh, headquarters back then. Absolutely. So, you know, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your background? I mean, you have done so many amazing things for our industry. And what I'm saying is just the Internet in general, from being early at Google and helping the Google founders, you know, build AdSense to, you know, helping the running and helping innovate around ads at Facebook and now at Square. Uh, maybe you can just provide a couple words around your background and how did you get into building and, and, and managing product? Awesome. Uh, so. I started as an engineer, so I have a couple of degrees in computer science, and I started my career as a software engineer. I worked at a company called Juno Online, which early on was trying to bring free internet access and free email to all of the US. This was back when everyone used dial-up to access the internet, and uh, stayed with the company, learned a lot. It went public, uh, grew pretty fast, and then it was in New York, and uh, I basically moved to the Valley after a couple of years. And after working at a startup, I joined Google, where uh, I was lucky and fortunate enough to start working on a product that eventually became AdSense, which essentially formed the foundation of Google's ad network and display advertising strategy. Well, and I know after that, you, you started Chai Labs, and then you went to Facebook. That's exactly right. I, Started Chilab, Facebook bought Chilabs, joined Facebook, uh, worked worked on advertising products at Facebook for three plus years, and then joined uh, Square two and a half years ago. I had a quick question. You know, you've been through obviously you know several successful companies. Are there any attributes that you see you know that successful companies like that have? Any are are do they just you know are they hiring like the best talent or is there a trajectory of growth? Is there anything that you've been able to identify? Yeah, I think the most important thing I, I, I see is a clear mission, a mission that is uh, very clear and consistent and constant and doesn't change and is broad enough that, uh, that people are excited by it. The best people want to be part of the mission, but also very tangible in terms of how it impacts the world around them. So mission is one. And the second is founder or CEO, and, and that the leader of the company needs to live that mission. They need to live that mission in and out. They need to be fearless in terms of representing the mission, in terms of going out and, 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 and getting people, con convincing people about why this mission is powerful. And if you look at great companies, you always have this, a great mission and a great mission-driven founder. That's awesome. And, and of course, you know, you worked with Mark Zuckerberg for a while and, and he's clearly living that mission. Uh, you know, quick question. What are some attributes that, 
you see great product leaders possess? It's interesting. A great product leader is almost uh, is a is a five skill player in baseball, a five tool player, where they need to have the ability to think strategically first and foremost, articulate a vision for the product that gets everyone excited behind them. Second, they need to be strategic and they need to figure out what they need to do to win. Given that vision, what are the things that are most important? And then they also need to be, one of the most important things they need to do is influence people because in a, in, a, in a great company, engineers, designers, executives all have their thoughts on what should be built in a product. A great product manager convinces all constituents to figure out, to essentially align behind a prioritization. And then finally, they need to be a great executor. They need to figure out how to, once given a strategy and given a set of priorities, how to execute on that roadmap to fulfill that set of priorities. So strategic thinking, analytical abilities, communication and influencing, and execution. The ability to then work with a broad cross-functional set of peers, engineers, designers, product marketing, legal, all of those functional areas. So those are the four or five things I would say are really important attributes of strong product managers. And how do you become one of these individuals that will understand cross-functional nuances? It's like anything else, George. It's about, it's about just working, working on products. You just need to work on products in different situations, different kinds of products. And if you do it often enough and on great products or great companies, you will build those skills. So it just comes with experience. You started in your career working on one feature within a product. And then you start working on modules, which are collections on features. Then you start owning one product. Then you start owning a suite of products. And then you start ultimately setting vision strategy for a broad area of the company. And so how do you actually manage organizing these multiple stakeholders to ensure a consistent cadence of shipping and that you're shipping according to roadmap when you know these things are constantly evolving? Like, like what are some of those processes or even mindset? Yep. I think uh, the most interesting thing here is to make sure there are two, two different cadences. One cadence is around planning. And you plan your roadmap probably once a quarter or maybe in smaller companies once a month where you lay out based on the strategy what the priorities are for the next quarter or for the next month. So that's a strategy of that's a cadence of planning. But then you also need a cadence of execution, which is on a weekly basis, you need to do a you need to do a stand-up with a team. And which means engineers, designers, product managers all get together and figure out how they are doing. Everyone goes around the room and makes commitments, and then you move forward. The reality is that I don't know a single team that over a long period of time has been able to hit every single thing on the roadmap exactly when they say they have, just because things keep changing. Underestimate things, overestimate the complexity of things, etc. But the most important thing to do is to keep making forward progress and to make sure engineering, design, and product are all aligned. So you do that by having an execution cadence, which is weekly or even daily in some cases. 
And then you need to communicate out to your other constituents, which is product marketing, legal, execs, whenever something changes. So that folks understand. And then you need to, you need to explain why something changed. And if you do that well, if you have an execution cadence for the team, and then you have an outward communication cadence, you'll, be, you'll, you'll do a good job. Got it. So, you know, that's actually a good segue into my next question. You know, how do you manage kind of the building roadmap or executing uh, when you have essentially two sources of feedback? You have an internal roadmap, which is, you know, partially driven from customer feedback and then partially driven based on, you know, internal you know, features or ideas or innovations. How do you manage that? I found that, you know, once you go to market, it's like you're in the race, customers are asking for, and, you know, I've been focused on B2B for such a long time. I mean, that was something that I think was key at, uh, at um, you know, at MoPub, our ability to execute based on feedback from, from customers. But at the same time, you know, I, I feel like sometimes if you only focus on customer feedback, you sort of neglect the amazing unproven features that you've been thinking about for such a long time how do you know how to balance the that the uh the execution between both of those feedback sources i think the number one thing if you already have custom the most important thing to do is to make sure that you prioritize features that might be leading to churn in your current customers think churn in your current customers in my opinion, is more important than building features that acquire new customers. Because guess what? When those new customers are acquired, they will also churn due to the same reasons your current customers are churning. Got it. So uh, you're saying, look, so just so I'm clear, you're saying you should be innovating not only just on new feedback, but based on features or the lack of features that are causing churn. Exactly. And then in every release, you need to mix, mix a bunch of features. I think obviously it is hard to just work on churn features. It generally, people want to work on forward-looking features also. I think you need to have churn reduction features, growth features, and delight features. And think about a ratio between the three in each release. Maybe it is 70, 20, 10, or 60, 30, 10, or something like that. Awesome. Well, Goka, I know you're at... Um, you know, at uh, Square now, I almost said Stripe. I always get them confused. Uh, uh, but, um, you know, I know you're at, at Square now. You just IP, IPO'd, so congratulations. What are you focused on right now, and, and what should us as consumers or maybe even businesses sort of keep an eye out uh, for in terms of new products or offerings? Uh, due to the quiet period, I can't talk much about the future. But I'm focused at Square on uh, Caviar. I lead Caviar, which is a food delivery service that Square acquired about a year and a half ago. So that's my 100% focus right now at Square. I lead that team. Fantastic. Well, you know, do you have any sort of like recommendations around books or resources or blogs that aspiring product managers or founders who are building products should be following and digesting? I think there are... One one paper or that I really like is an article by Ben Horowitz titled Good Product Manager, Bad Product Manager. It epitomizes or literally all the things that you think about as a good good product manager. And I think if you read that, that gives you dozens of years of education 
synthesized and distilled into one document. Well, Coco, thank you so much for joining us today on, on the show. We really, really appreciate it. You know, I, man, I owe so much uh, to you when, when I was part of AngelPad and, and all the influence and mentoring that, that you provided us. And, and so I always wanted to, to go on record uh, thanking you for that. Thank you. It's been a pleasure working with you. And I'm excited to see how well you're doing. Congratulations, George.